Hello, hello, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends, episode 141, take two. My name is Grant Howard, uh, and I'm joined today on this beautiful Friday morning by Christopher Edward Taylor. Hello, Chris. Hello. We are up bright and breezy to record, because someone is going to come and smash apart Chris's flat with drills and hammers. <laughs> They're going to hurt my building with tools, and I want to get this done beforehand. We had a we had a little a little teaser, a little preview yesterday, or I, I guess more like a like like a what if episode, a warning from history. You know, like when Spider Man is like, "What if I married Kingpin?" and they tell they tell a story about their kids. Mm-hmm. Then we had a what if episode, which was what if we tried to record yesterday. Uh, when the drill was happening, yes, and it sounded like if you if you if you're on the Discord, it's a, it's in general. Pop along and have a listen. So it's, it's five minutes of entertainment from you boys. <laughs> it's five minutes of me trying to work around a drill. Yes, mm, it's great. It's like it's it it sounds more like uh, the sound effect of World War Two bomber. Yeah, but close. You're in the bomber. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's that. Um, we are, but we are here. We are <clears throat> riddled with coffee energy. Mm-hmm. Petted with caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready for ideas to blossom. We've spent the last... Well, I've spent the last week writing another book. Um, Chris has mainly been sick. Yeah, thanks, Italy. Yeah, cheers, Italy. Not enough to give us all that beautiful food and culture, but um, you also give us some sort of minor cold. Yeah, what the hell? Mm. So, uh, yeah, I finished writing Doors to Elsewhere, which is a plane-hopping book, and I'll be honest with you, I'm just about... I had it just about up to here with whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> How Monty Cook does it for whole books, I don't know. Oh my god, yeah, because like, like we went back and forth over whether to include the elemental plane of bees for a while, <laughs> and eventually like I put it in there as as, as like a one line gag and then moved on. But Monty would write a source book about that. Oh, make millions. He would, yeah. Taller city by the bees. Uh, Chris, ask me a question. Let's 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 throw this ramshackle intro into into a back room and execute it with a sword off, and let's move on. <laughs> Well, let's with, uh, let's start with an easy question. Let's, let's lure ourselves into a full sense of security. Um, as Claire asks, what is the appropriate amount of wine to drink as a player and as a GM? Mm, okay. So, I think it depends very much on your tolerance, and Claire can fucking put it away. <laughs> I, and I, I, I say that with, with the deepest respect. I, I admire anyone who can just who can just get outside of that much booze. <laughs> And still, and, and be and be completely level with the whole thing, you know. Just I, I like the way the Claire just gets more and more quiet. <laughs> she goes. <laughs> however, however, that's that's very that's very narrow casting. That's just the people who know Claire. I think that for me, I should drink one and a half glasses of wine. I see. That doesn't sound um, anywhere near the amount you do drink. No, like I think I think there's there's the the issue with intoxicants is that I'll, I'll get my friends over and I'm like, oh, I'm having a lovely time. Oh, my friends are here. Oh, we're playing a role. But yeah, we'll have a drink. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have a little smoke. That sounds nice. And then you hit half past eight. It's, I, uh, 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 I've said something inappropriate. And like, I don't, I never get out my head. It's Monday night, you know, I'm 33. I can't handle that anymore. <laughs> but 
But there, there is still the element of like it hits about eight thirty nine o'clock, and you're like, oh, I really wish I could, under- I could remember what was going on. I've chemically retarded myself. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. So I think, I think like like the, the the mythical glass and a half of wine, where you just get confident, but you don't lose your um, you lose your ability. Yeah, that's that that's the thing for GMs because because like it's GMs, you've got to improvise, you've got to you've got to like second or triple guess the players, you've got to keep all these plates spinning. For players, doesn't matter. See, I've been trying to bring some um, some realism to my games of Call of Cthulhu recently. Okay. Um, and as, as the GM of a game set in the Weimar Republic of Berlin, I've been very much bringing two bottles of wine. I see. And, you, and you've been doing... You've been making the characters go line for line on the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it up. <laughs> my, my, my general is to bring two bottles of wine and they're going to get drunk. Uh, and that's not just for you, right? No, no, no. That's Yeah, okay, yeah. If I'm the only one drinking, then it can get a bit much... There is that element, isn't there? But rarely am I, I the only person drinking. There, there, there is, there, there is the. It's almost like, well, I needed help, you cowards. <laughs> now look what I'll have to do. I couldn't possibly leave alcohol on it. It's like, it's like we're still students or something. I know. I've got booze at home. But like the, the <laughs> benefits of, of of the alcoholic games is obviously the the, the confidence boosting and the the yeah, social liberation, right? Yeah. However, when you look at the negatives, they're pretty big. Like That's not the just n- no, no, not just looking at the at the after effects of the chemical, right, yeah. okay. but looking at what it does to you in the moment. Like you're going to forget stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to yell. You're going to get the name wrong. Yelling's okay. People expect that. <laughs> just at random points in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. I- I think also like the one of the main problems for me with, with drinking alcohol if I'm not in my house is the incredibly sad train ride home. Yes, you can't you can't put me on a train when I'm drunk. Good heavens! No, no, you get all weepy. I think so. I think actually, what what we're sort of answering here is how depressed should you be to run a game? <laughs> Very, unless you've got wine. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, I think I, I I try not to drink before I go. Um, before I go on stage, if, if I'm doing like a performance, and like, I try, I, like uh, I try not to drink when we're doing high dice friends. Yeah. Uh, so for now, that... it is eight forty-seven in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I've had coffee, which I count as a drug to That's lessen fair. the impact. It makes me feel better about the other ones, but I, I think that if if you're trying if you're trying to entertain, you're trying to host, uh, and I think depending on like what sort of thing you're doing as a GM. Then there's an element of well, I've got to be sober enough to write this. I've got to, I've, I've got to pick up on all the things. I've got to I've got to stay alert. And yeah, I, I read in an improv book once that you shouldn't drink before you go on stage because you just you're just going to miss opportunities. And I listened to that advice roughly thirty percent of the time. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, Perfect. If, if I'm streaming or something, you know. I suppose I the other the other thing to kind of take into account here as well is that there might be people at your table who just don't drink. Yeah, I've got some of those. I've got two of those. Which is, I'm going to use the word a problem, but not a negative problem. In that, if you're if you're getting drunk around somebody who doesn't drink, that's often awful. If everybody's keeping up... For them? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I'm just being considerate to other people's feelings. Oh, you want to you drink some more, mate? Oh, I'll, do I'll, it, yeah. I'll scrub that right out. No, certainly that's 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 true, and I think that like especially especially if people can't drink for medical reasons, because because they're like, oh, I really want to drink. Oh, oh, I'd love a drink with my good friend Grant, but I can't. But um, ah, you know, deal with it. <laughs> Give me another question. Yeah, all right. Fans asks. There's loads of advice on how to be a better GM. 
What advice would you give to be a better player? Do plot and explosions. Could you elaborate on that? I can. But I think I can sum it down nicely <laughs> no. to do plot, do, uh, do explosions. Mm. I, do plot, then. So do plot. One of the things that I hate about players, just can't stand it. Oh, just, yeah. Ugh, you players. Um, is when they don't do anything. Yeah, like when they just start, then they just um, they start asking questions and start, start looking at things. Yeah, I don't mind the questions like, is there a chandelier in here? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, That's the questions, fine. which the answer is obviously, fuck yeah, fine. Yeah, but questions like, ah, what's his body temperature? Planning. I, I don't care. Planning's the issue. Yeah, they, it just gets in the way. Um, and doing plot means just going, yeah, right. I see a ba- I, I see a very dangerous looking crypt. We've been attacked by ghouls eighteen times this adventure. <laughs> yes, I'm going down there unarmed. Absolutely, I'm going to take off my trousers. Exactly. I think the like the challenge with 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 doing plot is that it, um, it assumes a literacy with the with the genre and also a, a way of reading other people. For sure. In the it, uh, sorry, sorry, it's definitely the right advice, and it's what I'd give. I'm just trying to you know provide a bit, a bit of perspective. A bit of perspective. A bit of perspective. But like, but you and I, we've been like you've been role playing since oh, prenatally, from what I can tell. Yeah, it was gross. Doctor pops some d twenties up there at the first examination, mm-hmm. and and so my head's a funny shape. <laughs> <laughs> is that why mm. the challenge comes from like from seeing the GM and also having GM'd a bit as well and and, and seeing what the GM's trying to do and trying to pull off mm. and then and then be like right okay here's the plot I'm going to run at it with both both feet out um, <laughs> isn't isn't how you run I'm, I'm going to run at the plot because because this this is where the story's happening this is this is the adventure you know mm. and. Often GMs are quite thankful for that because they don't they 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 can't answer lots of difficult questions and if the players just talk about what they're going to do then it's almost like they're trying those things and then sort of looking at the GM to figure out what what the best idea is it's boring nothing changes yeah I mean one thing I did to counteract that once was uh, a couple of game it was I think it was D twenty modern they did so much planning that I just went okay it works yeah well everything you've just said worked perfectly. <laughs> I what? wanted to roll the dice. No, no, no. no, you didn't need to. You you planned it down to the detail, and you spent two hours planning the damn thing. Mm. That's 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 a real that's that's real mean. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Like congratulations, you've succeeded. Yeah, well so done. I just took you got it as what you that That's what they were doing, not what they were going to do. Yeah, I think that there's. I mean, there's certain games that encourage this as well. So, like, Blades in the Dark has that flashback mechanic, which obviously you know encourages you to pull back and forth. And things like Pathfinder or any game where there's lots of rules for equipment or rules for positioning and stuff actively encourage. Is you to plan too much. Yeah. Although, all I will say, when I started playing D anD really thought that like sun rods and alchemists' fire and holy water would be a bigger thing. Right. Like they seem so cool. Like the immovable rod is cool as hell. Well, sorry, like, the immovable rod is is, su- is is super cool. So I mean, I meant like like sun rods, like like glow sticks. Yeah. Like like the basic alchemical materials you get in the adventurer's equipment section. And it's like, oh man, I want all of these. And it's like, well, there's a torch. Um, there's a DC four reflex check to get out of the way of the caltrops. So you, you better hope they fall asleep on them. Uh, and there's holy water, which hurts vampires, but not enough. <laughs> yeah, it does a D four to a vampire. What? Motherfucker, I need to kill this thing. Yeah, it's got 120 hit points. What am I supposed to? Well, maybe, maybe you could put some of this coffee and hope he drinks it. <laughs> or like the poisons you could buy, which are like DC 10 to be okay. Yeah. Like, well, what's the point? Unless I'm poisoning a fucking dog. I think the only thing it was ever effective for was just like one type of black dragon oh, okay. that was massive and had a really, really low dexterity. <laughs> 
So you could just use this like mundane po- po- poison in the player's handbook to completely annihilate this dragon. Bring it up to zero dexterity. Yeah, so it just couldn't move. Brilliant. Oh no! Oh, I'm very. Sl- what do you put in my tea? You get. Yeah, I really wanted them to be more. I would. I. I would love to have like if 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 I'm gonna go in and, and and prep for a dungeon, I want all these cool consumable tools rather than like oh I guess I've got some seventh level potions. Whatever. Too, I've got a potion of polymorph. That's too. That's too much. Yeah, and I mean a lot of games abstract out equipment into dice. We do. Yeah, but I mean like for instance, Forbidden Lands, where your torches is a d8, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And that kind of loses something for me. I mean, it gains the ability to make us play the game. Cause otherwise oh, absolutely. But but you're right. But there's something about, like, cool, I have two glue sticks, three mm. bullets, a hat, and, like, that very precise, these are the tools I can use. I think, I think like, at that point, it's... That's that's one of my favourite things about running a LARP, about running zombie LARP. Mm. So, like, so zombie LARP was, it was a um, full immersion game that you couldn't really drop character unless you wanted to stop the game um, within within this space and you had nerf guns which fired bullets and if the bullet hit you did damage and that sort of thing. But like at that point, who had the torch or who had the glow sticks, like, that mattered. Scarcity is interesting. And it's really hard to model that properly in a role-playing game mm. because you have so much shorthand and there's so much, like, well, I don't want to like, I can't, I, I, I don't want the fiddly business of being outside the, outside the torches or order. Yes, you know? that's a nightmare unless you're doing it on something oh. like Roll20 where you've got an aura of light oh, that it actually... Still. But you've got to set that bastard up. That's impossible. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, Veins of the Deep Earth, which I picked up when I was in Italy and read, uh, unfortunately, it is a Lamentations of the Flame Princess product, which I didn't realise before I bought it. But on the other hand, it's really good because Patrick Stewart wrote it. Mm. It has this really nice system of doing of doing um, of doing initiative with, with light sources. So uh, anyone who's carrying a light source... Uh, the brighter the light source is, the higher the initiative is for everyone around you, and you pick the order they go in. Okay. And so if you have one which is really bright and one which is really dim, everyone on the bright side goes first, and then... And and like, and like if, if you attack someone with a torch, you get advantage first round and then disadvantage every other round, because you can't see what you're doing after that. <laughs> Presumably because they're on fire. Oh, no, sorry, if, if they're holding a torch. Oh, okay. So... So like you, yeah. Anyway, so there's some interesting things you can do with that, and that's what I really liked about about the about the LARP in in, in as much as you're phys- you physically got these constraints. You know, I've got four bullets left in this gunner that matters, and I know when I'm going to fire them. Mm. As opposed to it being very abstract. We have rather bumbled into a, a question about equipment rather than being a better player. We have not answered the being a better player at all. Okay, hang on. So yes, do plot. You were going to say do explosions. Oh, yes. Make whatever you do cool. Oh, yeah. Don't do it boring. Don't, don't do boring things. Why open a door when you can kick it? Precisely. Or or charge through it. Yeah. Or Smash stuff. windows. Windows are always good for getting in and or out of places. Yeah, I try never to use a door. <laughs> it's a style thing you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Doors, the cuckold's window. <laughs> I, I think that being a good player is like, especially in these terms, is is, is a challenge because because you need to you need to be literate in in, in the thing and you, you need to understand. And I think that a lot of it's going to come from experience and, and and learning and learning learning good. Yeah, but I mean, that's part of being a good player is learning the mm. vocabulary. Yes, for sure. Understanding the system. And also, um, trying to bring other players up. I think one of the things which, uh, one of the most important things I learned from improv is that you have to, it is your responsibility to make other people look good, not yourself. Mm. Um, Because if everyone's working from that point of view, 
then hopefully everyone will make everyone else look good and people will look good. Yeah. And there's a great deal of trust there. And it doesn't work if everyone's not doing it, but the stakes aren't quite as high in a in a in a role playing game. And you know, you don't have an audience. You know, you're not. Um, no one's paid to be there. A bit like an improv show. In that <laughs> sort of. Um, but to have the capacity to say, oh, this, uh, I, I want to bring this person along in the scene with me, or to lean over and be like, oh, what do you think, Alcazar, or what have you, and and bring in bring in players who are uncomfortable and like and like, um, my favorite trick is. Uh, is noticing an opportunity for, like, let's say I'm playing the Paladin and there's a burglar opportunity, and I'll be like, well, I can't get in there. I'm far too big and strong and handsome. But maybe you could, little rogue. <laughs> nah. Oh. No. Oh, Fine, Albert. Oh, yeah, the other thing, take offers. Yes. That's that's the, that's the crucial thing as a player. Take offers, please. You have to. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Can you explain offers? Oh, yeah. Um, That's fair. An offer is when someone introduces someone introduces an element into the scene, and to say like so. Let's say uh, so. so my, my paladin earlier that was that was making an offer to the rogue, saying, "Hey, you should go break into there. Yeah, you can do that. You're better at this. Also, this place exists. The idea for breaking in is the offer, and then taking up that offer, saying, "Yes, I'll go and do it." That's rolling the dice and making it happen. And it's um, it's giving other people the authority to establish things within the scene. And it doesn't always work as well as it could in role playing games because you have the you, know, you have different levels of authority mm-hmm. uh, with the GM and players. But it's it makes a good game, and I only noticed how how good my players are at doing it when I was playing in a GMless game of uh, Magister Law, I think, so the follow up to Lady Blackbird, and I started making all these all, all these big bold suggestions, and the, <laughs> this other player was like, "No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not doing that." Or like, or, or like, or like, I, I can, I can hear, I can hear chanting coming from the basement. He's like, no, you can't. All right, cool, cheers, dude. All wow. right, it's not Bill something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So just not him. Like, I, 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 I can see if that derails something going. Like, actually, it's not chanting. It's something else. Yes. Um, but or, not just going. Mm, nah. It's no. Dead no. Silent. No. Actually, actually, no. And I, I'd like, I totally get the whole "don't put words in my mouth" mm. thing. And because you have so little control over things, so, so little guaranteed control over things as a player, that you want to sort of keep keep a tight keep a tight rein on it. But oh, chill out, it's a role playing game. Exactly. As 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 long like it's cool to chant. It's not like I was saying, oh you oh you can hear someone downstairs and they're doing a load of really messy farts because they ate some bad Mexican food. <laughs> like an idiot, they have to go change now. Yes. It's not like that. Anyway, ask me a question. All right, fans. I'm really asks, sorry. I'm really sorry. I use the phrase "messy farts." Yeah, I hate that. We all do. Okay, go on. Fans asks, "How do you break the ice with a con group?" Um, so traditionally, I, I kick in the door, um, or jump through the window, as previously referenced, mm-hmm. um, and yell, "What up?" Yeah, it's me, the first Grant Howard you thought of. <laughs> just really, um, just really trading on that minor fame. Yeah. Oh, oh, so minor, but oh, so valuable. <laughs> Precious, um, precious fame juice. And I guess like you could roll it and you'd be like, hey, yeah, it's the third Chris Taylor you thought of. <laughs> eighth? <laughs> I think it's the eighth, yeah. I think I think there's two other game designers named Chris Taylor. Yeah, I got followed by Chris Taylor yesterday on Twitter. Oh. What, what, what the Broken Sword guy? No. Oh. <laughs> the second one? No. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many. There's too which, many which, of us out there. Which is why I think I think we need an, an enigmatic rebrand for you. I think so. Mr. Dice. Ooh. Captain That name again is Mr. Dice. Mm. See? It's got a ring. It's got a ring to it. No, anyway, how I like to break the ice. Um, 
is immediately talking in a funny voice. Okay. Like, I try and put myself, like, any any NPC, I mean, one, I mean, it's a, a point of, almost a point of pride, but any NPC I play who isn't an absolute villain is hopelessly low status and incredibly out of their depth. Mm-hmm. And so, by having that as a, by having that, uh, hi, I was, I was just wondering maybe if, if you could help me. I, I need, I need some, I can't. Someone take my shoes. That sort of thing. That that gives the players the opportunity to 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 have high status and and interact. And I've got a silly voice on, so they they're, they're going to feel less bad about putting on a silly voice. That's true. When you said like I put on a silly voice, I thought you meant from the moment you'd smash through the window. <laughs> Just it's all right. I'm gonna put everybody at ease. Hello and welcome to my game. My name is Grand Harry. Hello. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to my magical realm. <laughs> I think I think what you need is um, sudden, sharp physical contact with everybody in the group. I disagree. Just give him a, just give him a, just give him a light slap. No, this does two, this does two things. Uh, okay, human humans crave contact. Um, and also, yes. you can prove that none of them are ghosts. It gets them, it gets them in the in, in the in the high stakes mood of role playing. Yeah, like you have to treat getting into a con game like the start of uh, any American football film. I, you know, I don't think I've seen a single one. Have you not? Oh, there's a lot of putting on pads and then like hitting their shoulders and headbutting each other. Oh right, yes, getting riled up. Yeah. Chris, you're you're a very big man. I am, yes. Yes, I worry that just from this, just from your reach alone, you're generating a lot of force on those slaps. My finger did once go supersonic. <laughs> I lost a lot of meat. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just worry about the um, the safety of those people you're hitting after they're paid to be in your game. But they pay. <laughs> Some of them pay. What yeah. the hell? I think I was running games at UKGE and someone like, oh, I've paid to be in this game. I was like, I'm not getting that money. What, 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 what the fuck? Hang on. Hang on. Why are UKGE getting money if I'm running it? Yeah. yeah. bothered me. Free work. Free hours. Yeah. No, Volunteering. I mean, honestly, the actual way I, I break the ice with a con group is by being slightly more frightened than they are. Yeah, I can't. It doesn't can't work. Have you ever run a con game? I've run group, not actually at a con, but I've run stuff for groups that I didn't know any of. Yeah, and like, well, we we ran a con game together. Yeah, we ran a con game on the weekend. I, I guess, uh, and I, I, I heroically, um, I was, I, I was feeling a bit under the weather, as were you. But I, I, the player sat down, and I heroically was like, "Right, I'm off for a piss." Chris, get them sorted out with characters, and left. Yeah, but then I ran a pretty good game. It I think. was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Chris did all the NPCs. Most of them. It's very, it's very. Yes, yes. Um, it was, it was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> but Chris likes to be nervous. I don't think that helps break the ice if they're just pitying the GM. No, but it's it, honestly, it's the only angle I've got. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in one last question. Okay. Silent Pete writes in. How do you deal with a sulking player? Oh, um, ignore them entirely. How do you deal with me in every game I'm in? <laughs> ignore them entirely. <laughs> If they're sulking, I'm going to get real bratty, Chris. Yeah, if they're sulking, they can do one. You can hear my lip. I, I can. It's gross. I don't get sulking. Oh, that it's, didn't go my way. The dice. It's it's tricky. Okay, like I I sulk sometimes. I get pretty pretty het up about stuff sometimes because I think we establish a certain idea in our heads and maybe we get carried away about how good our characters are and what might happen. 
Yeah. And then and then we get so a bit like well I mean like I've I've seen you sulk in real life but it's more but you you tend to have a more desperate brand of sulk where you're you're you're, you're trying to you're trying to find a reason to destroy yourself. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um and I think I think that's 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 that 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 that's that, 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 that sort of a driven internal sad feeling which yeah. doesn't really do anything. How do you deal with a sulking player? Well, you find out what they're upset about and have an NPC tell them it's going to be okay. <laughs> I just like the idea that they're sulking and the and the group's in a, in like a tavern, uh-huh. and just just a lovely old nana comes up and puts a blanket around them, gives them a cup of tea. Like it's okay, dear, it's going to be okay. I really like that. <laughs> oh, Chris! I wonder though. I wonder if if that will either be like, oh, this is actually quite nice, or this is incredibly insulting. Uh, well, death of the author. It's all fine. <laughs> You can't just say death of the author whenever anybody thinks of anything. I can, and you know why? Because death is the author. Mm-hmm. I think I think we can have a series of spells like Morden Kynan's surrogate mum. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Morden Kynan's surrogate nan, and um, Bigby's lovely hot water bottle. But but I really love the Morden Kynan's of... unrelated aunt. Yeah, Morden Kynan's big grand auntie. <laughs> And I really love the idea of being able to summon her. And she just comes and puts a blanket around. It's, it's, it's going to be all right. Come here. Do you, want, do you want a toffee? And she's got a toffee in her pocket. I've got kettle on. I've got kettle on. Come on. I've, I've, I've got some pink wafers in back. And like, and like, I love, none of our nans were northern. No. <laughs> but we just, but having, having, that as, having that as a thing which you can summon, or maybe like something which falls around the party, if someone gets upset, like just a nan arrives, or an, an unrelated auntie puts a blanket around them. That sounds really nice. But yeah, again, I want to use it vindictively. Oh, yes. Like, the That's second the, the king starts throwing a hissy fit, you just you just call him the nan, and this yeah, nan yeah. just stumbles up to the queen like, it's okay, dear, it's going to be okay. Do you want some tea? What about... Um, I'm trying to think of another D&D spellcaster name, just for the... Melf. The gag, but it's Melf's big dog. Calls <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melf. Uh, call it what you want. But it's um it's one of those dogs that's big enough that it goes yeah like 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 it just it just sees something it sees a car going past but that and if someone's having a bad time it comes and sits on you until you calm down. <laughs> Modern kindness companion animal. Modern kindness kind companion. Yes, deliciously done by the way. Well Thank done. You. Maybe that's what rangers are into because I guess like they are like yeah I've never seen a ranger who had a happy back backstory. Yeah, they're all um service dogs. Yeah. Orcs killed my family, and now I just need someone to need someone to look out for me. Yeah, I have, I have quite severe anxiety, and the dog genuinely helps. Heartwarming, right? See this, see this video where a where a ranger's familiar comforts him after he rolls a natural one on an arrow. You won't <laughs> believe what happens at seven minutes in. This bear just gently headbutting a human who's staring <laughs> blank faced, having missed the target. Oh. You know, that's really nice. I think it's a one, I think it's a one-page role-playing game in this, which I'm not going to write. You're not going to write it. Okay, I think it's tricky needle to thread because one animals, but two the disabled. Yes. You can write it. You're disabled. Yes, but still, I think yeah. I think you could write this as well. Yeah, like true. I don't think that's it's true. a problem. And also, they don't have people don't have to be disabled. Like it could just be a nice thing they get. That's true. Yeah, I suppose so. But I think like they're primarily for disabled folks, aren't they? Yeah, but like animals, yeah. a lot of people own dogs, and a lot of those dogs help yeah, those people. You that's know, it's true. Not, yeah, that's very true. It's not like exclusive. 
I, I can look at my cat and enjoy him when I'm sad. Yes. So that is, that's not that's not really it's about about that. animals cheering people up. Yes. Do we answer this question? I don't know, but honestly, that sounded like the start of a new game being designed. How do you deal? How do you deal with a sulking player? Give their character an animal, and that's, so this is actually a serious answer. Give the character a lovely animal, and if something goes wrong, you can just use the animal to provide a little bit of nice. Or give them, them until they stop sulking. Give, no, no, just, just, just be, just give them, just give them a little bit of nice. Okay, that's fine. Sulking is so willful, though. How the reason the reason the player is sulking is because they're expecting something good to happen, then something bad happened in a game where that is an explicit function yeah, of the I, game. Yeah, I, look, look, I'm, I'm sorry, we're not all perfect robot computers who can understand the odds of everything that's happening. I'm not looking at odds. I'm looking at the fact. Bloop, that you, bloop, Christopher you know, Taylor. You know when you go into a game where there's a D20 that there is a chance that you're not going to hit. You have yeah, to know that. Sometimes it's nice to get caught up in the excitement, isn't it? <sighs> Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's sensible. I'm not saying that you should that you, you should you should always give in to sulking players. Just saying, try some carrot before you start the stick. And there's no stick in mine either. There's a complete absence of stick. Your stick is ignoring them. Your your stick is giving them a lovely dog and then having that dog go. Bruh. And turn its head away until they start smiling again. <laughs> now that I'm gonna start doing. Like if, they, if it's a ranger and the the, the the player's playing a ranger, their animal companion is not gonna to talk to them while they're talking. No, I just I can't I can't be near you when you're like this. <laughs> Your bear goes and climbs a tree, crosses its arms. I'll come out when you when when you calm down. <laughs> should we move on to the second part? Of the I think show? we probably should. Jingle me up. All right. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. Grant and Chris make games. Couple from the land of the ice and snow. Snow in the gust and shade of the big day. Bang, da So I got the first one for you. Mike Harrison Wood brings us the, the suggestion, the joke's on them. There's a serial killer in the circus, and you clowns are on the case. Use all the pranks and jokes at your disposal to stop the murderer before they kill again. I just, I just really like, I really like the intro for this. Like, it's shot completely seriously, mm. and it's got, it's got like, it's got, it's got the big, fat, overworked, has to be black, police chief. Um, like, oh, I can't believe you clowns are on the case, and it can and the camera pans around. And it's just actual clowns. Yeah, and they're just looking like, like they've just done something very badly wrong. They're staring at the and, floor. They're shifting their feet. Yeah, um, but it, but somehow, thanks to I'm, I'm going to guess a billionaire's will, the clowns are. I mean, like when they died, rather than yeah. just their willpower. Uh, the clowns are investigating the case. Maybe it's the billionaire's death. Maybe he's paying them to investigate his own murder. Ooh. Which which means you have a lot of resource available which might let you solve the murder. <laughs> no, but you st- crucially, you've still got to do it with pranks and jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- the first one I've got is that you only need one car, no matter how many there are of you. Great. Solid. You've got... Um, you could you could interrogate someone with a joy buzzer. <laughs> Just the name joy buzzer is amusing, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a great name for a band, isn't it? Yeah. I think it is a band. Yeah. Probably. That's Joy Formidable or Joy Division. Oh yeah, one of them. So I think Squirty Flowers. You could Squirty Flower. Sorry, go on. Um, I think the 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 key for me is that I want to do this extremely film noir. Mm -hmm. Black and white. Black and white, and maybe aside from the noses. (laughs) Yeah, splash color red. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the idea being that the game needs to feel gritty right. the entire time until you're like, and that's when I threw glitter on him. You know, like it's all deadpan. That's when I cut a pie in the face. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Everyone, like, okay, the so lady walked into my office. Everyone, all the characters take it completely seriously. Yep. No one questions it. No what? No one does anything. The, the players are allowed to drop out a character and have a laugh. Yeah, like if you shoot somebody with one of those guns with a stick that comes out and it says "bang," yeah, you will kill somebody. Yeah, and like they'll they'll just clutch their chest and go and die, yeah. but it still functions as a gun. You've also got those long sort of um, boxing gloves on extendable meshes. Yep, that's that's perfectly legit. Wind up teeth. God, I want one of those boxing gloves to actually work as well. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. There's something very satisfying about the squeeze. Yeah, the problem is, like, that mechanism has no force behind it. No, that's very true. Baggy pants. Baggy pants. Uh, um, unicycles. Unicycles. Think of the unicycle chase. I think everyone... Oh, Smash everyone would windows. have to... <laughs> everyone would have to fight using, um, I think it's monkey style or fox style, which involves getting out of the way of things and having people hit each other. Yeah, exactly. And like one of you, one of you just has like the the power of goons. Okay, you just have six hundred clowns that just come in, you, and they're all terrible. You, you've got the boys, yeah, and like they fall over, so they're lying down, and then somebody throws the glitter bucket at them, and they stumble backwards and trip over the guy that's lying down. Now, that sort think, of level. I think we've got some interesting implications in this because we could also go through like what actually happens if you if you use clown tricks on on people rather than other clowns. Because clowns are trained to, to take it. Yeah, you know what I mean? clown, it's, it's clowns a bit like, can it's like take wrestling. the fake bullet. Humans, normal humans can't. Well, just like, you know that trick of putting a, a metal bucket of water on top of a door and then having it having it fall on someone's head? Yeah. That's a concussion. Yeah, that's going to kill that person. Right? Like, it, it, like I think if, if it lands open side down, maybe the water will, 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 will slow it. But that's still very sore. If you just hit them in the bottom, that's, that's a concussion. Yeah. And I think that having, like... You're actually quite powerful because you use cartoon physics. Yeah, and I mean, interestingly, there's there's multiple levels here, right? So there's mm. this, there's the standard like base entry level clown. Well, you'd level up, wouldn't you? Yeah, but like your entry level clown is is your birthday clown. Yeah. Okay. Then we get up to like the what are they called paragon tier. I can't remember heroic tier. And you get up to like level ten. That's your circus clown. I think it was heroic paragon. Um, epic. Or uh, champion. Sure. Oh, yeah, you have to your middle C- tier. Circus clown. Is your circus clown. Right. And then the very top tier is Buster yeah. Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Harold ah, Lloyd. Ah, I see. Like those, I they're up in epic. Legendary clowns. Legendary clowns. Is there, is there an offshoot I can get? Like, is, is there a prestige class where I can go Cirque du Soleil in the middle? Yeah, of course. There's like a sexy clown. <laughs> like, I mean, Buster Keaton had to have a, a level or two in that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Otherwise he would um, literally not have survived. It's a very different story having, having like, six birthday clowns investigating a crime, sorry, a murder, and Buster Keaton... Flaw- flawlessly moving through a scene with no apparent effort on his part. <laughs> like goddamn Batman. Mm. However, I quite I'm kind of into this. I kind of I, I think there's a lot of I'd I'd want I'd want a robust equipment section. Yes, I think, or, that, I think that'd or, be a good. Idea. Or, or like lots lots of suggestions, lots of or like lots of tra- I, I don't know whether to go very loose with it and let the players make the jokes themselves or have a have kind of a, a feng shui style of thing where you've got all your clown tricks 
like cemented. I guess I'd kind of like to leave it as open as possible because especially, he's, he's especially when right. you get up to to epic, you're mm. dealing with a lot more like maneuvering in space comedy. Mm. Um, like it becomes so much more uh, conceptual because half half the joke in a Charlie Chaplin film is the framing of the of the scene he's currently in. Yeah, I also think that the you know when the front of the house falls on Buster Keaton. Yeah, you know it never. You know he never misses the door and it kills him. Yes. We probably couldn't roll for that then, could we? No, no. He's, like, he's, he, he is immune to one facet of a building falling on him. I'd like to put forward a, uh, a thing. Like, I, I like this. I think this is fun. I think we might be getting a bit high concept. Possibly. Maybe I just With want it. more Buster Keaton in the world. Obviously. Who wouldn't? I'm going to suggest Kent Blue's suggestion. That guy Kent Blue on Twitter. Always good. He writes in, Time Snakes. Terrible name. Snakes got a bad rap and it's all that bastard Lucifer's fault. You play a team of time-travelling snakes sent back to the Garden of Eden to stop that devil from ruining everything. <laughs> so it's a it's, it's a very short game. Mm-hmm. We're looking at about oh, an hour, hour and a half maybe. Okay. And from that, you have to. The scene is Satan in the form of the serpent is going to suggest to Eve that wouldn't it be a good idea to eat the fruit from this tree which makes you a genius. Right. The one tree which God is like, hey, don't eat from this. Why would he say that if it wasn't great? <laughs> Once also, himself, the selfish bastard. Also, pretty sure, I mean, he could create infinity of this. Yeah. Why doesn't he just create more? Selfish git. So, I, I, I have been looking into Satanism recently as well. It, seem, it seems like a pretty good rap, a lot of it. But Netflix has quite an entertaining documentary on that fact. Hmm. Is it positive or is it like, what if they were eating cats? No, it's, it's it's positive, but if you look at the like the promotional material for it, it doesn't look positive. All right, fair enough. It's got a guy who looks like Limmy, the comedian, on the front. <laughs> okay, and one of his eyes is whited out, and he looks he, like he looks like he's doing an intentionally scary face. Great, you've got different snake abilities. So you've got like spitting cobra can spit, and boa constrictor can constrict. And then you've got one of those snakes. You've got rattlesnake who can scare people, and burying snake who can do another thing. <laughs> Don't know what that is. I've I, I, I've run out of sea snake. I've run out of snakes. But you have this to, one who can you, see. It's <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's that's a visible snake. Oh, you can okay. See it. Yep. Um, it's made. It's made. It's the it's the face, the social character. But it's broadly honey host in that you, you have this very tight mission to achieve. Um, but you're a bunch of snakes, and there'd be a, I like the idea there'd be a lot of solutions which would require hands. <laughs> I think almost everything should require hands, mm-hmm. and you've got um, to find a way to get around that with your magical snake powers. Also, you can't talk. You can talk to each other, okay. but not to Adam and Eve, because otherwise you just go near Eve and say, "Hey, by the way, this we need to, we need to talk this through." That's actually Satan. Oh, it's yeah. Satan. Oh. Uh... Oh, that explains snake, so much. The snake, by the way, cursed to crawl on its belly for all eternity, which it was doing. Yeah. Keep mm. it up, snake. You're doing mm. very well. Good work, snake. So, yeah. Um, I, I, You know what? I think this might have been a better title than a, than a suggestion for a game, because it seems pretty clear how it's going to how it's gonna happen. There's not a lot of wiggle room for the story. There, uh, is there? Wiggle room. Snakes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, that's the okay. problem. You, you're snakes there. Not yeah. the greatest of protagonists. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of things they can do. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Coman Fullard has suggested mascot marauders, okay. where due to an advertising backlash over the whole Mr. Peanut thing, hundreds of mascots are being decommissioned and the actors in the suits fired. Assemble a crack squad of fully suited mascots to wreak terrible vengeance on a variety of corporate locations. That's now, beautiful. Here, here we've got something that we can actually do. Like the the mascots have hands. But I'm going hands. to change one slight thing. Okay. It says the hundreds of mascots are being decommissioned and the actors in the suits fired. Uh-huh. I'm going to delete where it says and the actors in the suits fired. Okay. Hundreds of mascots are being executed. Oh, in the purges. In the purges. So you, an actual mascot, not a person in a suit. The the mm. actual hamburglar. I I would like I would like to blur the line so you believe you are the actual hamburger, but you are a person in the suit. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. And like, maybe and that's like, something you I have think, to discover for yourself. Yeah, and if you believe it hard enough, then you get you get slight magical powers. Maybe yeah. so, like the hamburger can he has telekinesis over burgers yes. as long as it's towards him. That's probably a lot of uh, lot of people who can, who can acquire burgers very quickly. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about this. We don't have a great deal of dress up mascots in the UK. We do football and like and and the sort of the the sports and generally the smaller a sports team is, the more likely it's to have a stupid mascot. Yes. All American teams have one. They have to by law. They have to by law. Um, and Japan, most things have a mascot. Even even like emotions. Well, like like prefectures and businesses mm. and f- methods of food preparation <laughs> have Every- mascots. Everything is mascotted. Yeah, and like okay, bit of fun. You know, you st- I guess you're still working through some stuff after World War Two, Japan, and that's okay. I feel we don't have enough mascots in the UK to make this work. No, that's very true. But we could, we are going to have to go overseas. We could set it like mini games in America. That's true. Also, we could, are we going to do um, people who dress up as mascots? Are we going to have like Tony the Tiger and Ronald McDonald and like these anthropomorphized? Oh, that's pronounced. Yeah, that's just the one characters. I I want to see Tony the Tiger just ripping into the belly of Captain Crunch. Man, mascot on mascot violence. Yeah, just is is Captain Crunch like a like other. a loyalist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very much State fighting the for man. the South. If you follow me, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a captain in the uh, in the in the Confederate Army, <laughs> the Southern Navy. <laughs> no, this, this, they um, they 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 had to. Well, they had they had paddle boats. No, I'm sure I'm go. sure they didn't have a navy like for the sides. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of America yeah. isn't the sides. No, most most of America's the middle. Most of most things are the middle if you think about it. <laughs> oh no, Madagascar. Most of that's oh, yeah. probably actually edge. Yeah, it's true. I wonder if more I wonder if more things are, are middle or edge. Thanks for shooting into Hearty Dice Friends. <laughs> Write in and tell us. Are more things middle than edge? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Lord <laughs> This is the shit I think about it. Fucking Nine o'clock nine, in the morning. Nine o'clock in the morning. It's despicable. We shouldn't even be awake at this point. It's gross, but we we do this. Um, we do this for you. Okay. We do it late okay. because of fucking drills. So, the mascots are are enacting a revenge. Yes, I think I think I can't think of enough mascots to to, to get myself into it. Into a, I've, I've got like I have like I don't know like a big dolphin. There's a dolphin there. Um, for the the Miami Dolphins, and there's mate, mate, a go food a, the dude of right. the Pringles. Mr. Pringle. And his brother, the Monopoly guy. Mm-hmm. That's his dad. Oh, that's his dad. My bad. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you've got all of the Wendy's 
Ronald McDonald. Yeah, you got your fast food. Burger King. I'm trying to remember who's the mascot for Burger King. Yeah, who could it be? You've got. Um, I mean, he said his own. He said his own excellent video games. No, he had his own games. Sneak King was actually really good. It's terrifying. Well, you've got all the Kellogg's mascots. All the Kellogg's mascots. So many. Um. Uh. And like. And like. Uh. Lucky Charms is General Foods. Cool um, Spot from. Um, the weird Chris, dude I'm, from Sprite and Seven Up. Chris, I'm so sorry. Cool Spot died in 1997. No. It was a. It was a. It was a drug overdose. I mean, that does make sense. That weird tiger from the cheese puff things. Chester Cheetah. That's the one. Yeah, he had a game. Because it ain't easy being cheesy. It ain't easy being cheesy. Pepsi Man. You're, re- you're really going back through the annals here, aren't you? Mate, I'm going to when I watch television regularly and saw The ever. Smash Aliens. <laughs> Smash Aliens. <laughs> the dude with the trombone who, who advertises for Lurpak. That guy, the Butterman. Okay. Chris, I need you to turn this into a game of some kind. What, what do you mean? Just get all those people in a room and give them character sheets. Right, They've okay, got to fight happening? the evil Zaibatsus that claim to own them. Cyberpunk. But without the cyber. Mascot yeah. punk. Mascot punk. Mascot punk. You've got to stand up for the actual values that, that the PR department of that company say they stand for. You, you've got to, yeah. Uh, or the values ascribed to your mascot. Yes. So, Mr. Peanut, I presume, is some sort of, I suppose, undead capitalist now. Yeah. Trust okay. Like the others, but yes, like you, like everybody sees that Ronald McDonald, like the, well, everybody sees, but the, the company puts forward the idea that Ronald McDonald is a clown. It's fun for kids. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And McDonald's is actually technically poison. Technically, yes. Technically poison, and that's bad for kids. Mm-hmm. So Ronald McDonald is fighting to make. McDonald's nice and healthy to make the kids better. He's completely at odds with his own PR. Uh, you've got kind of a cool Unknown Army's Paradox situation there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's okay. not that game, though, is it? It's not that game. I, it's, it's not It's not scratching that itch. It's not. I've got, I've, got, I've got a wild card to put forward. All right, all right, all right. Ben writes in, Cinema Shoebox. Dunderthome. One man enters, two men leave. Oh, is this a riddle? Is this, like, the one that enters as a doctor? And he's leaving the maternity ward with the the one that enters his new as a son doctor. That he's just delivered. There we go. The one that enters as a doctor, and he's the he's the character's mummy. Sexist. I was trying to find two men to leave. No, that, that, that's, that's so. That's that's the other joke. Is, oh, okay. Because the riddle, because the riddle is is like, oh, I can't operate on this on this boy. He's my son. But how could you possibly? Do? And it's like because it's his mum, and you always assumed it was a doctor. You know one? I, I I understand. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> great. Yeah, cool. Um, we've de- so a while ago we had Enter the Clog Dome. Yes, which was a similar game with, with inscrutable alien rules, which you had, to, you had to compete for for Earth survival in a game that was not explained and changed every time. But I think Dunderthome as a as as some sort of inscrutable death sport. Too many rules. Yes. Um, running chainsaws on the ceiling. But if you go anywhere near them, you are immediately disqualified. Okay, I've got it. It is a battle royale game. Okay. Set in a shifting murder labyrinth. Okay. The murder labyrinth is... Um, so it's, it's going to be slightly more than one man. It's going to be a thousand men. Oh my. So... Every, like one so there, to the power. There are a hundred players. Every player has a hundred characters. It's going to be ten thousand, actually. Now I think of it. 
every player has a hundred lives. Okay. And you are pushed into this sort of I want to be the boshy or um, uh, like those really horribly unfair platformer games. Yeah. But in three dimensions, and everything's crazy dangerous. You've got tigers. There's a giant with a cannon who comes out. Trucks are go- there's a train going through at full speed. Like some of the jumps are so big, you need to sacrifice like twenty people just to be able to climb it. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, all all corpses remain and have full physics. Um, so you need a hell of a rig to make it work. <laughs> hell of a rig. Hell of a rig, boy. Um, but it's the last man surviving in this and. It's like the biggest danger is not other players. In fact, the only the only option you have is kind of a shove. You can't. There's no guns. You can't hit someone. You can grab someone and hold them in place, but then they can sort of tap the shoulder buttons to get out. Mm-hmm. Or you can grab someone and 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 like and the person who taps t- taps the best pushes. You can lunge and various things. Can, like can I can I suggest that we just use it the gang beasts engine? Yeah. Okay, that works for me. Bro- yeah. Just 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 gang beasts, but we make everyone a bit taller. Yeah. And so everyone's, everyone's just tottering around. And it's in a massive level with an awful lot of people. So I suppose if we if we make it like Gangby style, it could be quite cute, and that might be that might be slightly more tasteful. Oh, oh. but if we okay, what you got? What you got? So one man enters, two men leave. If we work on the two men leave bit, mm-hmm. the only way to get out of the uh, of the the Dunderthome is mm-hmm. by having two people, one each of two different teams, mm-hmm. press a button at the same time to open the door. There are no teams. Oh, you, well, doesn't matter. Like, no, 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 no. Hey, man, there are no teams. You have to, you have to make the, you have to make the allegiance on the fly. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you said one person comes in and they've got a hundred lives. Well, so that would be one team. Well, so maybe it'd, it'd be one person. Okay. You just yeah, get, you sorry, get to live a yeah. hundred times yes. rather than you need yeah. somebody who's not you is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, gotcha. Understand? Yeah. So you're not controlling a hundred people. Although, what if you were controlling a hundred people? It would be great. All of them doing the exact same motions at the same time. Oh, the purpose. I guess it'd move as a sort of swarm. Yeah, but you could like do the thing in, you do with those little ball games that are like a labyrinth, and you have to tilt it, mm-hmm. where you separate out one ball and mm. actually work with that, or you could just like tilt it all the way and just rush balls. Okay, rush balls would be a rush great balls. name for anything. Yeah, um, you have you have um, you're playing the god of crowds. This is an entirely different game. You're playing the <laughs> god of crowds. You have uh, you have a hundred people, um, panicked, terrifying, uh, pa- panicked, terrified, angry, ready to fight, um, and you and you possess one of them, and that's the character you control, and they all sort of swarm around you, mm. and then when you die, there's a thirty second pause as you infest a new character. I mean, that does sound a little bit like a game I've been playing recently called Sea Salt. That is where I got the idea. Yeah. Which is really okay. good, actually. And on Xbox Live Game Pass Ultimate Free Edition. Let's, let's go back. Let's let's go back a step. Not not to the God of Crowds. Uh, you have one person. So what? one man enters, two men leave. A hundred people enter, two people leave. Yeah. So you have to try and work out, like, do I want to be friends with this guy? How, like, how are we going to pull it down to the last two guys to push the buttons? Exactly, yeah. And, like, the only way to eliminate somebody is, like, hold them into saws and things like that. I, like, th- I think pushing should be... No, 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 no shooting. No guns. All damage is environmental. Yep. Um, full damage is a big thing. Yep. Suplexing people off of stuff. I think that... I think that throwing should be tricky, but possible. Yep, that's fair. You know? 
shoving's good. Grabbing is interesting because it that, that kind of negates both of you. Yeah. Um. But but like it's. I think if you like if you've got loads of lives and they haven't got many lives left, then grabbing hold of someone and then bodily jumping off a platform to die. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, you can always use the Super Smash Brothers system of the more damaged you are, the more you'll fly off the stage. Oh, 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 I, 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 I want it as like a as like a. Like a flat, like binary thing. Sure. Um, but I really like the idea. Is like if someone's doing well, the better you do, the more like objectives you hit, what have you, the bigger your character becomes, and the more brightly they glow. Um, right. So one, they get a little bit stronger, but not as strong as the ten people who are going to try and shove you off something working <laughs> in concert. Because yes. if they push you off, they get the they get some XP or what have you. They get to be big too. But I just I really like that. One of the things that bothers me about about these battle royale games is it feels rather... Uh, I I often feel like I died unfairly. Yes. Or, like, I got, I got fucking... What, what was the phrase? Scoped? Mapped. From a, mapped, that was it. I got, I got mapped from, I don't know, an, an adjacent island. Yeah. Oh, I've been in a bush for 40 minutes with a sniper rifle. I know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Bush walkies. Right. I, I, I wanted to have no fun myself and ruin someone else's game. Mate. If you if you're gonna have a goddamn battle royale game, just don't fill it with Wesleys. Yes, point is sorry. No, it's all right. Um, it's about shoving and pushing, and there's lots of back and forth and like button mashing. Mm. Oh yeah, it's frantic, need, like we would need field level. We would need a way to get around people cheating that because they very much would. Yeah, I guess well, there's I sh- a certain amount of buttons per of uh, you know inputs per second. Well, actually, I'd put a um. I'd actually put quite a low cap on it, so it's very easy to hit the cap, and then it just comes down to a dice roll or something. <laughs> no, it just locks your character for two seconds. You just you have if you if you if you break the cap, you, you, <laughs> the character just can't move for two seconds. That's it. You, you suffer horrendous muscle spasm and go like one of those fainting goats. And yeah, then just like drop. right you off just, the edge of a table. You just dead weight drop. Mm. Ragdolling is a huge thing in the game. Yeah, um, but I I think I want to have it as like semi real. Uh, like slightly over the top, maybe like cell shaded rather than gang beasts. Sure. Like like Borderlands real. Yeah. You know. So it's like um, vaguely humanoid people. Like they're exaggerated, yeah, like, but they're still human. Like yeah, like 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 the big guy is two foot taller than everyone else and three foot wider, but still human shaped, rather than essentially a beanie baby. TF two. Yeah. There we go. TF two. Um, and so you've got TF two level. Uh, Level things. Your character is each character is randomly generated in height, width, um, depth, all the all the dimensions. <laughs> love, um, love having depth as a as a as a human characteristic. And it's just shoving. Yeah, it's shoving the battle royale. Oh, and you ha- as the drilling starts. The drilling has begun, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary people, people of all genders and non-genders who are listening to the program. Welcome and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the drilling. Uh, we, we're we're going to have to pack up here because the drillers need the studio. Uh, the next uh, ne- uh, coming up next on Hot Dice Friends, seven hours of drilling, <laughs> just relentlessly because that's my fucking day. Have fun, Chris. Um, we're going to go. Yeah, we, we actually timed that pretty well. Uh, are, are we okay? Are we okay with um, battle royale shoving? Yeah. Or do you yeah. want oh, the, yeah. or do you yeah, want sh- the clowns one? No, I want. Honestly, I want the clowns one more, but I think Shove Master Three Thousand is actually I viable. Like shove- I like Shove Master Three Thousand. Also, that's how many that's how many active participants there are in the game. That's yeah. So there was a Shove Master Two on the Amiga, <laughs> which is basically Pong. Um, that I mean, it's they actually developed this game um, on on Wii Sports Resort. It's the sword fighting. Game. It is. 
Shove Master 2. Amazing. We've developed 3,000 Shove Masters. Super Shove Master. 3,000 simultaneous Shove Masters. The Extra Goon Auto. Thank you for listening to the show. We love you very much. If you've enjoyed this and you want to uh, fund the um, the development uh, of Shove Master 3000 to get us into early access, then you can go to patreon.com forward slash friends. Give us some cash. Come and hang out in the Discord. We streamed a thing on the Discord last night. We did. We're actually going to start doing that more because rather than well, just... Well, well, rather than just playing games together, we're actually streaming it as well. Yeah, I, I would like to watch some of this hunt you keep talking about. We'll come and do an exhibition game for you. Thank you very much. Um, goodbye. No, no. Come on. We need we we need a better outro system. It's too brisk. I mean, we, you could say it slower. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, that's better. Yeah, I liked it. Bye. <laughs>